gonna be gentle today. Heyo. It's Monday. Oh, Happy New Year, Mom. Live from your mother's Oscar Wilde collection. It's a mandiferous Monday edition of Business Pants. Joined, as always, by our BS correspondent, Matt. Yeah, that's just a made-up word, mandiferous. Wow. I don't even know. It means absolutely meaningless. Our BS correspondent, Matt Muscardi. I'm half-brewed coconut zest. In today's stagnant pit called September 26, 2022, sexy story updates and sleazy academic papers. Although, yeah, they're not really sleazy. We keep calling them sleazy. Actually, this is the, the for the for once, this is a very unfortunate use of sexy and sleazy. And, that, and I and I blame you, Goldman Sachs, but I it's not my Ooh. fault. Yeah, I don't know what's S- happening. All right, let's let's go right into. Right, let's go briefly glitch, around the world. Sound Matt first. Effects. Yeah, let's do it. Here are some of the highlights from the business world. Uh, Matt, black media mogul Byron Allen is suing McDonald's for a whopping $10 billion, arguing that's it cuts a lot of, out... That's a lot of billions, wow. Yeah, arguing it cuts out African-American-owned business. Is he wrong? Well, I don't know. I, I'm going to guess that lawsuit's not going to go very far, but it will... <laughs> Bring some attention to probably a much-needed uh, conversation. I, I had two things to say. One, completely insipid. The first one I, is exactly what you just said. Bring attention to something that, that the ESG world, the woke data world, us, we, business news, we don't cover enough, which is this This is an interesting thought, and I'm glad that it's coming. Even if, again, even if he fails, I like this conversation. Secondly, um, the people over at Fortune magazine should, should you have used the word whopping in your head? Whopping. Like, right? Because isn't that a Burger King thing? Whopper, whopping. I just feel like they failed Ooh, a little bit there. Ooh, a troll. You're saying it's a headline troll. they failed a little bit there. All right, next story. Uh, th- these two first stories in our drugs category. Uh, the second one, Amazon officially confirms it will hold a second Prime Day sales event in October. Oh, my God. Uh, we it, don't have to spend it, any time on this, Matt, but... But, I mean, I assume you've shopped on Amazon Prime before. Yes, unfortunately. What is yes. the difference between a Prime Day and a, and a every day? And a, I mean, isn't it all Amazon Ooh. Prime? Who cares? It's uh, all so, um, fakely discounted items that everything's marked down Prime from 180 day, to 92. What does it all mean? On Prime Day, all the things from China are 20% off simultaneously. And they count things down. Really, on Prime Day, all it is is, is you get countdown meters. Like I, every like, it's just a list of things that are constantly <laughs> con- counting down, and it. Yeah, I, I actually I think it's I brilliant, think you're right? Actually, Be- because all you do is you like scroll through things, and you're like, oh, I've got seven more minutes, and I can get this like a and it works you know, uh, repair kit that for something it's not broken. Like I, it's, and then you get all amped up and you buy it. And it works. Um, I don't know, Matt. The culture seems to be out on Zuck. They seem to be. Out, even though they still use Facebook, they seem to be out on Zuck. They seem to be out on Uber, even though they still use Uber. You know, they lots of people seem to hate Uber, delete Uber. When are they going to be out on Amazon, even though they'll still use it? Or are they already out on Amazon? What's the what's the prevailing opinion about Amazon in 2022? I mean, people it, hate I it, think but it's but a resignation. It. <laughs> Deep <laughs> resignation. <laughs> I got to hand it to, to Andy Jassy. He's he's a <laughs> I'm going to get t- say that he's an honorary uh, Indian, an honorary West, uh, uh, East Asian. Well, uh, sorry, West Asian. Because uh, 
ever since he took over, people don't talk about. <laughs> that's good. I like being buzzed. People don't talk <laughs> I'm about. Sure, Emma's back. They don't talk grave. about Amazon anymore. He has had the the lulling effect of uh, of a CEO that people don't know how to talk about because I don't know. They just seem to avoid headlines. Amazon. We have proof of they this. Do. By the way, Tra- still talking about Bezos. Uh, Bezos yeah. was in the news just just like uh, about buying the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, so I, I know, and his, his rockets are exploding, but still, we're not talking about Amazon and how nauseating Nothing it all is. Nothing as fun as a good rocket explosion. Uh, what else is there? Third story, uh, Palantir. We talked a lot about Palantir in the past, but I ha- I kind of had to cover this headline just because it's an, it's actually a headline. And the headline is verbatim, holy shit, Palantir CEO says risk of nuclear war is 20 to 30%. Now... Do you think that wow. that's true, Matt, or do you think he's trying to sell something at Palantir? Because Palantir is involved in defense industry, is it not? Yeah. Um, so if what's we're going to play, what's happening here? I'm scared. I don't like this. If we're going to play the uh, creepy nuclear guess uh, how dead we are game, <sighs> Palantir twenty to thirty percent. I'm going to go with a. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take it at sixteen percent. Can I have a follow-up question too? And I'm I'm gonna ask this directly like to, the right. Pal- to the Palantir CEO, and you can answer for him as his proxy. What Got the it. hell? What the hell is the difference between the risk of nuclear war being twenty percent or thirty percent? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, math, ten percent. I mean, they're mad at ESG for trying to rate companies, and and this is okay. What the hell does it mean, Matt? <laughs> That's his this is his rating. He used all the available information and came up with twenty to thirty percent. Okay. That's uh, one more before we get to the big story. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla tests positive for COVID again. Ah. Maybe now, that guy needs a vaccine. I'm a little disappointed in this because, Matt, you had some excellent reporting at the beginning of the COVID uh, pandemic uh, that uh, predicting which executives might succumb mm-hmm. to the to the to the to COVID. And mm-hmm. it never, it didn't really. Maybe, maybe companies haven't actually told us who got sick, but it really hasn't amounted to much. We have had very few headlines about executives getting COVID. Well, what I did not account for in our analysis, yes. because um, what we did was look at mortality rates of males and females, and the rates of infection for by age and gender, and all the things, and we lined them up to boards, and we basically used it as a case study for why you need more women on board simply yes. to survive future pandemics. Like, we always come um, up with reasons. Yes, it is always a good reason. Um, but what I did not take into account was the socioeconomic divide yes, between so the true. uber wealthy board mm-hmm. CEO types and the rest of us, because th- those people just like walled themselves off in yachts until the worst had passed, and it was fine, and they were fine. So maybe, so maybe that was what I got wrong. Maybe the champion that caused Matt. Maybe uh, Pfizer CEO albert borla should just she should he should just and again i no no disrespect to the family or people at Pfizer. maybe he should die just to champion what oh, you're saying oh oh, oh no that's I, don't, terrible. I don't i don't think that <laughs> oh. <laughs> what kind of what kind of what, what kind of what is wrong with esg so. that they say things like that esg I don't know. is you, bad you, you would have been better they? off saying he has a 20 to 30 percent chance of dying and then it would all right have let's been get fine. to the the, the big story <laughs> That I wanted to cover. There's Big a lot of story. Yes, a lot of headlines on Goldman Sachs. Unfortunately, here are the headlines. Um, and first, let's play a let's play a real let's play a tasteless game first. Oh, good. Um, okay. I have headlines from three different uh, news sources that we cover: Fortune, B 
BBC and Business Insider. And I also included the pictures from all these stories, the photos. And I want you okay. to guess which is which. From okay. Fortune, well, the headline is, uh, women employees at Goldman Sachs alleged 75 incidents of misconduct, including rape and sexual assault in newly unsealed lawsuit. Holy the shit. The BBC's okay. headline is, sexual assault claims revealed in pay bias suit. And Business yeah, Insider has an article called, a lawsuit is accusing Goldman Sachs of a culture of fear saying it mishandled claims of rape, sexual assault, and harassment of female workers in the 2000s. Um, I cannot believe... What am I guessing? Yeah, maybe we should skip the... Now that I think about it, this, this is not <laughs> the time the, for a game. But you know what? I They're I, all horrible, except the, BBC. They're all horrible. Yeah. You have to put rape in the headline. I, I'm look, sorry. It, and you know why If there I'm, is yeah. a culture that allows for rape yeah. at... Uh, at an investment bank. This isn't like the, you know, like this is this is supposed to be the human capital apex. Yes. Global apex, right? These are yes. highly intelligent, highly paid people. And there are actual incidences of rape that have been covered up. What differentiates this from Activision? What here's we, why Here's why I'm 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 focusing on Goldman Sachs today because uh, yeah this happened over a period of a decade the, the class action suit now represents roughly fourteen hundred women that's a, that's significant what and and this is the company that trots out its dopey CEO David Solomon really lean into his stupid DJ career and, and when you really think about it. Uh, that this is that this was going on, and that this that this they've been denying for years. Like they're they're not playing nice with this lawsuit. They they do everything they can to, I'm to sorry. push it aside. Yeah, Go you ahead. cannot be busy playing Bonnaroo, right? And not dealing with this. I mean, even in their tent, their uh, annual report in their ten k, they, they don't even mention this years? litigation as an ongoing risk. The, the years, okay, let's get to that. The years were two thousand to two thousand eleven. So. Um, uh, I'm, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to skip over some of the horrible, uh, stuff that came out of this lawsuit. Cause it's just too terrible. Um, if you, you know, I'm sure if you, if you want to read about this case, go ahead. Um, but it's really, it's just really horrible behavior uh, all the way to rape as Matt pointed out. Um, but let's get to the, here's what I wanted to cover. Not only, not only sexual harassment and assault, but also that, um, Female, the female associates were getting paid less than men. That's 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 a big part of the class. I mean, that's a little no doy to me. Okay, but still, but I mean, here not, here's what I want to do today. Good, I'm saying obvious. I wanted to cover this from an ESG perspective, I, and I'm asking you, Matt, what is the ESG answer? And I have some, I have some ideas, and you can help me out with this. So let's let's do it. Let's play the game. Okay, I know okay, you hate let's this. Do it. I know okay. you hate when I look into proxies, but tough. give me an idea. Okay. So is the answer with the board, the board of directors? So let me let me Ooh. present some things to you, Matt. The lawsuit covers 2000 to 2011, okay? From that period, only one director remains from that period. Loxmi Mittal, who who also happens to be the only director who got over 10% votes against. Um so but but okay. since Something. then since then, Goldman has appointed six female directors representing 46% of the board, which is a very high number. Ah. Um, but I ask you, Matt, does this matter? Does this Actually, does this in itself matter? 
what it would suggest yes. if we had a large enough sample size. What yes. uh, it's also worth saying that these female directors, they not only do they represent forty six percent of the board, but they represent nearly forty six percent of the influence on the board. Right, like it's almost one to one. Yeah, and can I just say that what Matt just pointed out there that this is proprietary data that we created. Yeah, if you want to know right. about influence off of that. If you want to know about influence, no, seriously, like reach out to us. Like, like, no joke. This is our our proprietary data. He he didn't find that anywhere, but right here at Board Sabermetrics, baby. Yeah. But the 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 fact is actually, if you could yes. do a bigger case study, if we can get yeah. enough of these cases, you could argue that if this lawsuit covers between 2000 and 2011, and the mm -hmm. behavior began to be. Uh, effectively mitigated starting around 2011 like there's not a continuation of the behavior or at, at least no, tailed the off pattern at least has dissolved you might reasonably look up and say well they added gender diversity to the board and there was a trickle down effect there's a trickle down diversity right. effect that and may have been a part of that and one thing we know from our one thing I, we know from our ESG experience is that even though companies will never admit the things they've done wrong, when you have an outlier of women in, a, in any position, in this case, half the board is women, you're, that's, that's your confession. Yeah. No, I <laughs> yes, mean, you're laughing, but I'm serious. In the corporate world, this is tantamount to a confession. Is it not? It basically is. It is. Yeah. Okay. If you... If, so Matt is saying that the board does matter. That 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 oh one hundred percent. Okay. I also want to ask you about this. Uh, it's something we don't talk about enough, and I think I'm I'm hoping in our next iteration of our own ratings um, that we start to include things like this. But I have another question for you, Matt. According to the proxy, uh, only two. There's only two directors uh, with human capital experience under key experience and qualification that's that's two women michelle burns who i guess got her human capital experience because she was the ceo uh of a consulting company called mercer and then drew faust she was the former president of harvard but i ask you matt does, does this matter does do you think that having this type of experience matter should we be should we be start to look more closely at these things? What do you think? You're making a face. Help me out here. Well, being the CEO of Mercer and the president of Harvard, right? Don't it's feel like weird, human capital experience to me. I mean, okay, that, and arguably you could say anybody who's a CEO has human capital experience. Can I add with firing and hiring? Actually, can I add to that conversation? Cause I like that you pointed it out. Cause there's another part in the proxy where Goldman Sachs says that, that uh, there's a table called there's, diversity of skills and experiences table. And there they say that seven directors have human capital management. Yeah. And, and they don't, saying, they, they do not take the effort to prove how they came to that number. Maybe this is where Dilbert gets angry at ESG, right? Because <laughs> where, where, first of all, you only told us two people had human capital experience. And then you listed out some kind of wonky ish reasons and then you're telling us in another table that actually seven directors have it, but we don't know why. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like running a thing does not mean you're actually good at human capital. Right. That's like, true. It, it, so it, uh, you can and, separate those things. Also, like being the president of a college or university. I don't get and that one. Being a consultant focused on human capital as a 
because you're the CEO of a consultant or I, I almost, your CEO. I almost get Mercer, but th- but she was a she was a history professor and then the president of Harvard. Yeah, I don't really get the human capital part of that because you went to college, Matt. Right? Even you went to college, right? I did. Yeah. I mean, well, imagine I, I, I think how so. much time did you spend in the president's office? Not any. And right. um, so where's the human? Ca- I don't get the human capital. I don't really get that. Just because you're a boss, I don't really understand that one. I mean. You know what? They they would make yeah. a better argument if they looked at CEO pay ratios and said our human capital experience is limiting Ooh, like CEO pay ratios like this. to below average, right? Like that's how yeah. we even one empirical data point to say I like this. I have human capital management experience other than the ephemeral I was a CEO because in that case yeah. I have deep human capital experience. You can of ask course. Ari. Yeah, and you have and you have kids. Yeah, I mean, everybody who's a parent can say that. Basically, the childless with cats are the only ones who can can't say they have human capital experience if they're not, and they're not I, CEOs, right? I, I will say this Sad about Goldman them. Sachs. Goldman Sachs. That first of all, that you call it human capital maybe is part of the problem. Second of all, I noticed that you mentioned the word collaboration in your proxy statement nineteen times, but labor zero times. Um, oh, insert well, yeah. insert sad face here. Third of all. It's the perfect time for me to, to bring up one of my uh, favorite points that Matt hates is that, um, and, and I know Goldman Sachs, big part of business roundtable, big part of that revolution. This is a perfect moment for stakeholder capitalism. Uh, now is the time to get employee representation onto your board. Because maybe I ask you this, Matt. Yeah. Could, mm-hmm, that, have, mm-hmm. could that help a situation mm-hmm. like this? Could that affect the culture at places like Goldman Sachs? Just simply having representation from your workforce on your board. Why not? No, first of all, Dilbert thinks you're a socialist, but second of all, I know. Um, but Dilbert would I, agree too. That's the weird thing. <laughs> Dilbert would agree. Yeah. I don't that's get correct. Dilbert. He hates it. He loves it. Who is he? Uh, yeah, I agree. Yes. Okay. Fine. The answer is yes. All right. Do you, did we, did do we you have other Goldman? things to say? Cause the answer is just yes. I mean, I was going to, I was going to add like there was this also a shareholder vote on whether they should have an independent chair at Goldman Sachs. It failed miserably, but I was going to ask you, do you think that would help? But I don't know if I care about your answer. Well, look, one of the things that we noticed looking at the board um, and we haven't talked about yet is about half of the board is interconnected with one another. Um, Mm -hmm. Meaning despite the fact that the board is 46% women and they all check the boxes for independence. Mm-hmm. Almost half of them actually have sat on other boards yeah. with either directly with each other or with somebody who sat on another board with them. As in they have like this very small network of uh, mm-hmm. to get back to one another. They can like call a friend who know who would have known another board member, in which case even bringing in an independent director, if brought from the same pool of jackasses who thought this yeah. was OK. Yeah. Um, that you know doesn't actually change culture. You need to like sure. go outside, do something real, just do something real. Okay, yeah, just well, do anything real. Again, these the, these new allegations oh. uh, were unearthed. I, I, I guess like the the, the, yeah. the the lawsuit was made public over the weekend, so we'll see. We, I, I don't. I haven't. There's no evidence yet of of Goldman Sachs reacting to this other than just in denial mode. I don't know how that serves them, but we'll see well, no, here's, if anything comes to this. Yeah, go ahead. Here's your follow-up. If Activision yeah. is a comp, right, mm-hmm. you should A, expect the shareholder lawsuit to come where mm-hmm. they sue the board on behalf or they 
they sue on behalf of the company for securities fraud, basically saying you withheld a large material litigation over a 10 year period and we made investment decisions based on uh, less information that than we should have had, right? Like you have to disclose yes. this and you didn't. So you owe something to the shareholders. Um, and number two, expect this. This is the beginning of proxy season. Mm -hmm. We're just about to hit proxy season. Is the it? analysis is going like on. Mm -hmm. Well, the votes start happening in you know february and march right yeah uh, right so really, you're under the you you think it's december don't you no what i think is if yes. you were going to if you have proxy access mm -hmm. and you're going to nominate someone or vote for or against somebody on the board of goldman sachs now is the time you start engaging with them you start the letter writing campaign right, saying true. what true did you know when true did enough. you know it and you start thinking to yourself, who do we vote out because of this? Like, is it DJ D. Saul we vote out or is it someone else Ooh. on the board? This is this is I'll, when that starts to happen. I'll leave you with this. Uh, two things. The, the top five uh, named executive officers at Goldman Sachs made an aggregate $125 million in 2021. So maybe, maybe they should stick around a little longer for the Q&A session. Uh, <laughs> you think they should say I think they're busy though they're yeah. Sec second I, I will say because um, I used to in my former life I used to go to the 10k in these companies and look at their ongoing legal risks and litigation and and you know some of the companies like conglomerates like GE they're, they're very good at itemizing exhaustively every single lawsuit and legal risk they were caught up on even like you know dumping soda cans in, the, in a river in Albany like whatever like they did a good job disclosing that. I checked out Goldman Sachs annual report 10K. They they don't mention this. They they no, so it's not their thing. Yeah, but it's a concern. I, I I mean again, if you have time to DJ your son's best friend's cousin's second bar mitzvah, <laughs> then then I if think you, you have time to disclose. If you have this. time, we covered this last week. If you have time to walk around the floor of Goldman Sachs, find the mail guy who spent seven minutes learning Pro Tools to right. like basically help produce your next album. Yes. Then you have time to base to 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 somehow address a rape culture at Goldman Sachs. Uh, absolutely. I think that, that's, I, I there's think no, that's there's, there's no easy way to get out of this conversation. So I'm just gonna do this and we'll move over to Nerd Alert. All right, let's do it. Oh, yeah, see, on. I like this one better. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Nerd alert. Um, and for this nerd alert, can you? Can you <laughs> <laughs> That's so many transitions. Come on, let's do it. Uh, first off, I want to celebrate yeah. the coming of the season because I won't be here next week for this. So, oh, I just learned this today. First off, we're gonna turn on my um, skull. Uh, I have a skull neon light above me. It's not actual neon. It's an LED light. Um, okay. And second, uh, let's talk about RPE, Relative okay. Performance Evaluation. Ooh, nap right. time. Yeah, okay. Get cozy. I'm ready. Yep. Here we go. Part of a CEO contract is actually granted um, by the board that evaluates the way they evaluate the CEO per the contract is against external peers. That's the relative performance yes. evaluation. It's not just like, did your firm make more money this year? It's actually how did your peers perform? How and those are going to, we're going to set performance mm -hmm. benchmarks. 
That mm-hmm. is separate from compensation. That's not how much should we pay you. You know that thing where it shows you like we set a target of like 12% return on equity this year? That's this part. This part okay. is the relative performance evaluation, how you set those benchmarks. Right. Um, so don't get those two confused because once you set the benchmark, after you go over it, then they start asking questions like how much should you get paid for that, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's number one. The paper I read is from 2020. Yes. I actually read a couple papers, um, but the one I'm talking about is from 2020. It's called Performance Peer Groups in CEO Compensation Contracts it's by like Tor it. Eric Baki, Hamid Mohammadi, and Ash- Ashley Newton. Okay? Yeah. They looked at 750 firms in the U.S. between 1998 and 2012, with okay. the midpoint being when they changed the rule about disclosing your sure. peer group for... Um, and here's what they found. Just brace okay. yourself. I know this yeah, is going to shock you. Shock I'm you deeply. Quote, managerial power theory suggests that executives, by controlling their own boards, maximize their own compensation by choosing performance peers strategically at the cost of shareholders. What they found was firms do a great job at finding their peers in similar industries, similar size, highly correlated market returns, similar geographies, all the stuff. But the comp committees tend to choose firms that historically underperform so that CEOs oh. can be marked as better performing in cross performance sessions. Are you shocked? That's br- I mean, I honestly, like, I can't believe I can still be shocked, but I, I kind of am shocked. It's, it, it seems even too brazen for them. Well, but you know what? They- you know what we complain about for, we've been complaining about for decades? The comp the comp committees are just stuffed with CEOs and former CEOs. They're, it they all it's almost like there's some magic cheese that they put on the comp committee and all the, the like CEO cheese and all the former CEOs. Only they know how to they smell it. To and it. They all get yeah. there. I don't I don't know. That, <laughs> it's, it's always them. It's not the like president the of Harvard. Truffles. Yeah, it's not the it's not the president of Harvard or you know it's it's the CEO cheese. Yes, that's actually. In their con- the delicious cheese contract, we'll it's we'll it is <laughs> it's true. But here's the thing, yeah. Um, uh, this actually seems to hold true, even though CEOs one third of um of CEO pay is based in on average on this this construct, this peer construct, right. which is significant. Can you name a yeah. single investor that has challenged a peer set? Can you uh, name one? There, there are lawsuits yeah. that have happened in the past where they argue about peer sets. I've covered them in a past life. Yeah, but these are not. Pro- these are usually like John in his garage who's annoyed at the peer set and did the research and figured it out. Has BlackRock ever challenged a peer group no. self-selected by a company to set CEO performance thresholds upon which they will use to set pay? Later on. No, it was only us whack jobs at places like the corporate library that would argue with these things. So let's start because board saber metrics, what we Mm -hmm. do here shows that there are 23,517 U.S. board members as of August of this year. 3,288 of those people are currently executives at the company. Okay. So. There's 3,288 executives on boards. And that's not like their CEO somewhere else. That's they literally work at the company where at they're the company. on the board, right? Okay. Right. 
The average executive on the board influence is 25%. When there's right. an executive on your board, they command, on average, a quarter of the board's decision-making power. Which which makes perfect sense because in the U.S., that, that executive on your board usually is your CEO. That's correct. Right. And that, on average, is three times more than a non-executive director. So... If you put the CEO as the chair and they're mm -hmm. sitting on the board, on average, Even worse. you are basically going to say the entire board's going to do whatever that guy says. Like that, yeah. Think of it as worth a quarter of the votes. Yeah. You got 10 people, they're worth about four of them. Yet another case of the lunacy of making your CEO oh, the chair. It's worth two it's and a lunacy. half of them, but yeah. yeah. Lunacy. Um, there are, in fact, yes. this is where it gets crazy to me, 12 executive directors who chair their pay committees on U.S. companies right now. Uh, so it must be like a controlled companies. It's Usually not controlled or, companies, uh, yeah. but be, not right? yeah. always. This isn't like really? family members. Yeah. How is this possible? I thought it was and I there thought are only <laughs> controlled companies are exempt from that rule. And there are 23 others who sit on pay committees. That sounds nice. Um, the, effectively... There are 35 directors who are choosing the peer groups used to assess their performance and then yeah. set the peer groups used to set their pay and then approve their own pay. I it's want a magical this magical system. I want this ability so much because I already have my I'm already thinking about my list, Matt. It's going to be uh, I'm thinking LeBron James. I'm thinking Ooh. like Leonardo DiCaprio, maybe maybe Rihanna. I'm already imagining my peers for my pay comps. <laughs> I'm very excited, by the way. I'm yeah. very excited. No, I definitely Rihanna. This is definitely your peer. Um, here's the takeaway. Yeah. Because number one, most companies, most firms, BlackRock has to own these companies, which is, mm -hmm. it's already egregious that you, you have to own a, a controlled company because they're on an index and that's your excuse for having to own them. They're fake public. Mm -hmm. They're not they're real companies. Right. And now, now to, not only do you own these controlled companies, but most of them, or many of them, I should say, have executives determining the pay of their CEOs, determining the performance measurements of the CEOs. There is no point. Not only are they fake public companies, but they're fake con constructs. They don't have okay. any, there's no accountability. The takeaway is if you don't know how influential the executives are on a board, you have no idea how they're hosing you. And that's what I want to say. I want to basically say buy our stuff because that's, this sounds like, because I need a job. This sounds like another delightful plug for us. That's exactly what it is. It's the audience approves, by the way. Side and note. I will wait. F full disclosure: the, the 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 live the audience at our shows, live audience. This is not made up. We have we have a live audience. Go we ahead, do. clap. Prove that you're here. That's proof. They started. They do get. They get our data for free. This is why they're clapping, Matt, because they've seen the influence data and they approve of it. They like it. They do. They do like it. So if you it. want the free will, data, come to our tapings. Yeah, go ahead. I will end this with a side note as we... Oh, I love side notes. This. Love side notes. Thomas Petterfee, who's the founder and CEO of the and self-paying chair of Interactive Brokers Global, is one of those people I mentioned. He's the yeah. founder. He's the CEO. He's Thomas the self-paying He's also a massive... He's the largest billionaire in... Florida, and he's Ron DeSantis and the GOP's largest funder there. Um, Seriously? We actually we, we covered his son earlier this year because his son shifted from he was doing healing using crystals and poetry 
and he became his dad's ESG guy. He's Wait, the ESG guy. <laughs> How is this? This is not a side note. Can we can we bring this up discussion back up again on Wednesday on our yes, World Data we can. Show? I don't like that you're like drowning out this amazing side note. And IBG currently clocks in at a middle ESG rating. They're they're the middle of the pack. Okay, let's bring yeah. this up again. Really good. That's Damian Rallis. I'm Matt Muscardi. We are Free Float Media. If you like this, come back tomorrow. I'll be gone next week, but I'll be here all this week. So you can get your kicks all this week. And we'll see you then. Goodbye.